Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast, To Be Named Later. I'm Noah Hiles. He is... Alex Stumpf. And Alex, how long has it been since the Pirates won a game? It's been one week. Oh, man. See, we were going to insert that sound bite, but then I forgot Alex is, like, one of the best singers of all time. Yes. So... As, as you can... As well evidenced on this podcast. Yes. Do you know the na- name of the Bare Naked... Is that Bare Naked Ladies? That's Bare Naked Ladies. You know the main name of the singer for the Bare Naked Ladies? I do not. First person to tweet me the singer, uh, the singer's name of the Bare Naked Ladies wins an autographed photo of Alex Stump. As signed by Noah. Signed by me. I'm yeah. dead serious. We will mail it to you. All right. Anyway, welcome back to the show. It, the Pirates have lost yet again. It's been seven straight games. Um, so six days and seven, or six, six, seven games in six days. Uh, and I mean, not much to talk about in the game. Blake Cedarland pitched. You can hear us talk about that on Java. And uh, really, what I want to talk to you in this first segment, Alex, what I wanted to talk to you about is something that took place before the game. Charrington spoke with the media. Um, I wasn't able to attend that Zoom call. Alex was. Uh, and those, those go long. I mean, they're about a half hour long. And there's a lot of good stuff that's discussed. Uh, but one thing I really want to dive into is what he had to say about Gregory Polanco. And we're going to play this sound clip. Normally, we, when we play audio, it's only about, you know, 10 to 40 seconds. This is a couple minutes. But this is his answer on a question that was asked regarding to Gregory Polanco possibly needing a bit of a break and unplugging him as the season starts to wind down. Hear what he has to say. You know, first let's start with start with the the what I believe in that he's he's healthy, uh, feels good physically. Um, he's moving around well. He's strong. Uh, he's hitting the ball really hard uh, when he makes contact, which is encouraging. Um, the swing decisions um, are not that different than when he's been successful. Um, He's missing on some fastballs, and um, I'm not sure anyone. I certainly can't um, say exactly why that is, uh, but it would be reasonable to me to think that, like, a a very strange year might impact someone like that as much as anyone, given how much time he's missed um, coming into the year and then, you know, trying to make up for that and get himself in a better spot in spring training 1.0. Coming then, that getting stopped. He was, you know, felt like he was in a really good spot. Spring training 1.0, that gets stopped. Come back, crank it up again. That gets shut down again um, towards the end of summer camp. Misses time. So it's just been a, it's been a choppy road as just as far as being out there uh, for him. 
Um, but I'm really encouraged about all those other things, the, the strength, the, the, the way the ball's coming off the bat, uh, the way he's moving, um, frankly, his energy and attitude. And it's been a frustrating year. Right. And, um, you know, and nobody, nobody doesn't want to perform, <laughs> you know, certainly he doesn't. Um, but he's coming in here every day and, um, you know, getting back after it with his work. Uh, he's been a good teammate and he's still really young and at a point in his career where there's no reason to think that he can't, you know, be a really good player again. I would expect him to be and frankly look forward to him doing that in a Pirates uniform next year. Okay. So obviously there's a lot to unpack there, right? I mean, I'm sure when he was saying all of this, all of the writers were like, well, I have my evergreen, rainy day, whatever the case is, stuck in Cincinnati because of a positive COVID test story to write about. Uh, just I, I bring back some PTSD. That would never happen. Come on. Yeah, anyway, um, there's a lot to unpack on what he just said. And I think let's just go through everything. So first things first, Alex, Gregory Polanco, healthy. He's moving around well and he's strong. My initial reaction to when he said this was, um, okay, if, if, is, this, is this a selling point that a player is at full health? For Gregory know. Polanco it is. I guess so. I mean, but like that, is that really the standard where it's like he's so bad at everything else and they're like literally when things go bad in life, someone will say, hey, at least we have our health, you know? And like that's literally what they're saying about a baseball player right now. The standard is the standard, Noah. Okay, coach. All right. Then we get into more of the the hard contact nonsense. I mean, in fairness, before you get started, we talked about this on the podcast, but we talked about it like April 5th or whatever. Whenever he wasn't making any contact, but whenever he was, it was like, oh, my God, it's, you know, going to 100 miles per hour. Once he gets the rust off, he's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. He just never got the rust off. Yeah. That, yes, and, like, that's, that was exactly the point I was going to make. Is like, you know, if this press conference was happening, you know, three weeks into the season, that's different. There's two weeks left in the season. He doesn't have enough at-bats to qualify, but he would have far and away the worst batting average in baseball. You know, who's entering today, Brian Reynolds had the second worst batting average in baseball um, among those who have qualified. That's two-thirds of your Pirates outfield, folks. And the other is a uh, shortstop converted outfielder. So, with a negative one war. Yes, with a negative one war. Poor Cole. But the hard contact thing, I mean, it's almost an insult to bring that up, I feel like. It's, it's just kind of a joke at this point. Um, and to tie on to the hard contact, this is something that Dan covered in his meritocracy article, like how – you know, Gregory Polanco was given the whole left side of the field. He, I've seen him absolutely tattoo a couple balls, but right into the shift. It's, I get the, I, I get the concept of hit it hard where it falls, it falls. But at some point, when you're hitting one thirty, it's not about hit, it's hit it where they ain't, Greg. And I know where they're base. not. Literally, nothing else matters for Gregory Polanco right now. It's just get on base. I, a bunch of Kevin Newman special 45-foot swinging bunts down the third baseline is a whole lot better than what the output has been. 
did Kevin Newman like stand you up for an interview? No, no, that's coming after him. No, that that wasn't coming after Kevin Newman. That know, was the the forty five foot ground ball off the line. How many times have you seen Kevin Newman turn that into an infield single? Yeah, no, you're no right. less than five hundred times in his major league career. Don't and, tell and, me how many career hits he has. And if they're gonna shift him every at bat, why not just do it once? I mean, instead of every time mm-hmm. you come up to the plate trying to pull it, and I get it, like he has that power. There is that short porch in right field at PNC Park. It does. There are reasons that could be argued but when you're hitting 130 maybe just try laying down one bunt a game if they're going to take away the third baseman and move him into shallow right field and there's just nobody on the left side of the infield maybe just try laying down a bunt it's not like he's slow i mean they literally said he's healthy he can run i mean i have heard them talk about gregory polanco running the bases like no less than like 20 times since the beginning of spring training. And I mean that not in sarcastic, like sarcastic, like how Kevin Newman has 500 Kevin Newman specials up the third baseline. Like if I go through the archives, I bet you I can find 20 times whenever someone references Gregory Polanco's base running. No. Yeah. And it's because they don't have anything else. They're running out of nice things to say. They don't have many things to go with. Then they get into the swing which I, I didn't understand what he was getting at here. He said, it's not that different when he's unsuccessful, like his swing. But then he said he's missing fastballs. He's only hitting fastballs. So I just, is it a timing thing? And he's like, we don't know why. And it's like, don't you have a coach for that to figure that out? I, I, I mean, if they knew why, they, he wouldn't be hitting 130, whatever. I don't know. It's just the whole swing thing just blows my mind where they're saying, well, even when he misses, he's not missing by that much. I'm like, uh, well, he kind of is because he's striking out a ton. Yeah. I, I don't know. And, and the, the fastball thing, like I've never heard anyone ever try to turn a positive out of missing on a fastball. That's supposed to be the easiest pitch to hit. It's strictly timing. And you base your entire batting approach around the fastball. Shelton has said that this year. I mean, Hurdle's talked about that. Like, everyone who's been a hitting coach in the major leagues brings that point up. And when you're missing on a fastball, you have no chance against any other pitch. And for that to be a positive... Saying, well, he's he's missing on fastballs, but because that's what kind of the tone he had. And another thing, I'm tired of the COVID excuses. I get it. He had COVID nineteen. He missed, but like he should be caught up by now. Yeah. It that that was two months ago. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And look, I I'm not gonna have any more to say about this because. <laughs> People love talking about Gregory Polanco and what, you know, Gregory Polanco stuff. I just have nothing left. I mean, it's, well, it's, we get paid it's to talk different. About this, so you got to, I, I know, I know we get people say we get paid for this and all that stuff. And we do have to cover Gregory Polanco, but just in general, it's, it's, 
I'm kind of apathetic at that point. And I think apathy is, is far worse than getting angry. Angry Apathy is a death you, sentence. Angry shows you still care. And I look at Greg and it's like, here's a guy who has problems. And I, I, you can check the record books. I, I'm not saying I defended you know, the guy, because I'm, you know, being a reporter, I'd have to be objective. But there was a lot of stuff where it's like, well, that's not fair to Gregory, what you're saying. Like, here, let's, here's what actually is going on. I, I felt bad that, you know, he tried to rush back and he admitted that he rushed back last year. That's fine. That's him. That's, that's in the past. But this guy's just lost on the yeah. baseball field. And I'm tired of hearing about how good of a guy he is and how good of a teammate he is, and how he keeps a positive attitude. And I'm not saying that, like, those things aren't true. I mean, we agree with all of those things. But that doesn't fix what's happening. And, and no Pirates fan is going to hear what Charrington's saying and saying, oh, okay, well, he's hitting 130, but at least he's a nice guy. I mean, no one cares right now. Like, no. he's... It's just, and then the ch- the top it all off the the take of. It's 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 almost like a one year anniversary of the ten thousand simulation take, and this this wasn't that bad, but he's still really young, Alex. He's still really compared yeah. to who Miguel Cabrera. Well, Forget yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, if you want to talk about someone who can barely, <laughs> you know run without you know breaking something or has a bad reputation in the field anymore can't hit whereas i don't know i rewatched uh mr 3000 like, like a couple of days before i left on this mm-hmm. trip and i kind of feel like gregory polanco is at a mr 3000 stretch right now where every once in a while hey he did actually get a hit but most of the time it's oh he's over three over four three Ross. strikeouts yeah he and the man I'd like to think he has a better relationship with the sausages at uh, in Milwaukee, but the re- and to use the word really young, he's still really young. He's like one of the older players on the team. A lot of this team isn't really young. Like, yeah, like the people who are actually young are the Kellers, the Hayes, the Cedarlands. Like I, I, I have a hard time whenever people are like, hey, someone like Adam Frazier is a young guy. It's like he's. 28. Yeah, he's been he's been in the majors for an entire presidential term. I mean, what what do you Yeah. I don't know. I just don't The whole answer was wild to me and it was I don't I mean, he's going to be back. It was one of those things that he cannot say, "Yo, Gregory Polanco sucks." Okay? He he can't say He's going to have to say something at least semi-positive, and it's... Why does he have to be positive, though? Why can't he just be like, if, if, they're, not, if they're not trading him, and they're because bringing him they back... Might, because they are going to try to trade him. And if he says, yo, this guy sucks, or any variation of that, he won't be able to trade him. He's got to be like, oh, man, you, you ever see him run the bases? He's got hurt I, running I to every base that. in his career. He's got hurt running to every... He's pulled a hamstring running to first... He's pulled a hamstring running to third. He, he had pretty much ruined his career sliding to second. And I'm sure he's gotten hurt playing – running home too. That's the cycle. And it's, it's almost impressive. All right. We're going to take no, a break. No, that is impressive. Yeah. 
We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk less pirates, and we're actually going to follow these suggestions. Um, I had a lot of people reach out to me. We had uh, some comments on the website, which don't think because we're not using your idea today. Listen, we got plenty of more shows that we're going to need ideas for. So the ideas in our comments or comment section for Tuesday's show, they will be addressed and used later on. Um, but I think Wednesdays we're going to do wacky stat Wednesday because I love alliteration and Alex is going to break down modern saber metrics because a lot of people reached out and said they wanted to learn about it. And we'll get into that when we come back. Welcome back to the show. A break from pirates talk. I know that's why you guys tune in, <laughs> but I think we all just need a little bit of a break from pirates talk. And if that, if, if that upsets you, if you want us to do, if you want us to do two segments every day on the pirates, you let us know and we'll make that happen. That but was the deal. That was that, the deal. No. Yes. But we ask the listeners what you want us to talk about for the remainder of the season, because the team's bad and it's hard to think of different topics from time to time. And I had a lot of people reach out to me saying, hey, this idea of, explain, of explaining advanced metrics, it'd be interesting. And it's, it's baseball fans are always looking to gain more knowledge on the game. And in the last decade, all of these new stats and measurements have become so relevant to measuring success. And uh, we just happen to have one of – probably I, I would say – I know maybe one or two people who might – I think Jason probably knew it just as good as you. Yeah. And uh, there's one other guy. Um, we can't refer to his name because he's like a secret person. Uh, he kn- he – what? Ooh. Yeah, you know who. He, he, he's, uh, he runs an anonymous account on Twitter as well. Uh, he, he knows this stuff pretty well. Um, but Alex knows it pretty well. Alex knows these advanced metrics. I've learned a lot about them since just becoming Alex's friend and, and podcast host and coworker. Um, so I'm, we're just going to pick every Wednesday. I'm just going to pick a couple of advanced analytic uh, analytic terms or measurements. And Alex is going to define them and we're going to explain what they actually mean and why they're valuable. So the first one, war. Oh, uh, yeah. What it is good for. It's actually good for a lot. Um, yeah, we, we got that one out of the way. Yep, good. Hey, I mean, you you sang Bare Naked Ladies like 10 minutes ago, so I don't really need to hear but that. But it was one week since you looked at me. All right. <laughs> <sighs> Can't wait to see you on Thursday, Alex. Uh, war. What does that stand for, Alex, and what is it? It stands for wins above replacements. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wins above replacement. And a replacement level player is a guy that you could just find Traditionally for free, you know, a guy who is a free agent right now, a guy you could get off the waiver wire. Pretty uh, much every free agent acquisition the Pirates have made in the last three seasons. Hey, 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 that's not fair to the guys who are negative four there. Don't okay. leave them out of the equation. Yes. But, yeah, it's, you know, you get a guy from AAA, a guy you can have for free or very cheap, you know, to fill out a roster. Um, if you want to really eyeball, you know, something, if you had a team full of replacement level players, they'd go like 40 and 120. Mm-hmm. Okay. And basically, wins above replacement is how many more games will this player 
have win for you over that replacement level guy because the replacement level guy is still going to occasionally win a couple games. But you can do a whole lot better. But so he's also whenever, going to lose a couple games, yeah. and that's why his war would be zero. Yeah, and that's and that's what goes into war. It's the best catch-all stat. Like if you could only have one stat, you know, to evaluate players, I would say it's that. It's the best way to compare Walter Johnson to Cabrian Hayes, and like in how their seasons are going on, and it's based off of how you perform in the field, how you perform running the bases, how you perform at the plate. If you're a pitcher, how many innings you threw, how many, what, what was your ERA, how good was the defense behind you in some cases, how good uh, are hitters across baseball doing? Because Does it's war a account for a two ERA in, you know, 2020 versus a two ERA during uh, 1968? Mm-hmm. It's just two completely different era so it takes a lot of that into consideration does it account for where you're playing location yes Yes, it does so if you're a really good hitter in uh san diego a pitcher's park uh you might actually have the lower batting average lower ops than someone who's just a mediocre hitter in chorus field Mm -hmm. but it takes that into consideration or it Um, also guys like nolan arenado who are really good hitters but play in a huge hitters park that's why he if you look at his numbers, his war, it's still high, but it's not higher than guys like Christian Yelich or Mike Trout because it evens the playing field. Yeah. And just, I mean, just so everyone has, you know, a frame of reference, because I feel like somebody's like, this guy's a two-war player. Okay, I don't know if that's actually good. <laughs> Assuming someone, you know, a full-time player, guy gets 500 plate appearances or a starting pitcher throws 160 innings or so, like, if you're at that one-and-a-half, two-war area, you're a pretty average Major League Baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're at about three, that's what I consider, like, an impact player. Someone who you can tell, hey, this is a good guy to have on your ball club. He makes just about every team better to have him on. Brian Reynolds was a three-war player last year. <laughs> three or four. Yeah. yeah. And once you start getting up to, like, the five and six area, that's an all-star. Mm-hmm. That's an all-star. Uh, eight, is, eight to ten is, like, MVP – Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike Trout. That that air up there, there are only usually like at max two or three people who have, you know, seven or eight more in a season. So, and, and what's interesting and, and, about war, unlike batting average or any average statistic or cumulative total like home runs and runs, you can have negative war, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because there so, are some players who, you know, maybe they have a bunch of RBIs, maybe they have a bunch of, you know, a decent batting average, but they're absolutely butchers in the field. Or, you know, they, they're they Josh Bell. They, <laughs> Josh Bell is a really good example, actually. Like, those first two years, like, he was a sub-one-war player, even though he was a – he had decent stats. Like, I think he drove in 90 runs his rookie year and was a one-war player. It's like, well, he wasn't getting on base as much as he could have, and he was really bad on the field. That counts for something. And I, it just to cap this off as like a final thought, baseball reference also has what they call uh, wins above or average WAA. That's maybe more self-explanatory. I've had people tell me that they prefer that one because they know what an average ball player is. Like, all right, that's just in my head. And that takes playing time into consideration. So if this guy is five, if this guy would be five extra games than an average ball player, that's a really good ball player. 
And war has, as the stats developed, it's, it has like, you have like a, a fielding war, a pitching war. Like mm-hmm. it has like little subsections basically. Yeah. So. It doesn't always perfectly add out. It's weighted differently. Um, baseball reference fan graphs, it's really, are the two best out of it. Which one's your preference? You're a fan graphs guy. I, I really was a fan graphs guy in the past. I really changed on uh, fan graphs, how they evaluate starting pitchers though. So I swapped over to baseball reference just in general for uh, any time I write a story for DK Pittsburgh All sports. Right. All right. So I'll ask one more. We'll save, we'll save a couple more for next Wednesday. Batting average is, an, is a stat that everyone, every normal baseball fan, every traditional baseball fan knows and understands. However, Another type of batting average is also measured, and it's BABIP, batting average of balls in play. What is this? I mean, it kind of explains what it is in the title, but why is this relevant? What does this measure? I mean, like you said, it, it takes away strikeouts just in home runs. Just whatever you put a ball in play, how often does that turn into a base hit? And across the league, it'll almost always uh, get to 300. That being said... I, I'm not a big Babbitt fan. I, I, I'm not because I don't think it takes the quality of contact into the situation. Like last year, a lot of people who did not watch Pirates baseball said, who kept pointing to Brian Reynolds because he had like a 370 Babbitt for most of the season. And they're like, oh, he's going to regress. He's not actually that good, you know, as a result. But it's like, but if you watched Brian Reynolds last year and saw how he was hitting the ball, you know that this guy is an above average hitter, you know, mm-hmm. in that regard. Like, he should have the above average batted ball in play. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to automatically regress. A guy who has a 200 BABIP doesn't automatically mean, oh man, he's having some rough luck. It'll go up. I, I feel like the X stats on Baseball Savant are a little better for that in general. Like the X Woba, X batting average, X slugging. We'll get into um, all those later another Wednesday way down the road. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a good quick eye test, I think, because if you see someone who like, man, he's really hitting the ball right now, but they're not going for hits and you check and you see his BABIP is about 250, be like, okay, I could see that going up. But if you see a, bun- a guy who has a ton of, you know, slow ground balls that are just ground ball with eyes, you know, those mm-hmm. type of, you know, if that's the only thing they have to offer, that will go down. But the bigger the sample gets, the more it gravitates to that 300 mark, regardless of if there are shifts, regardless of if, you know, what era it is in baseball. It's, it's uncanny how often it's in like that 295 to 305 range. Could, can an argument be made, though, that guys like Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn, you know, people who were like known – for hitting the ball where they wanted the ball to go. Joey Votto would be another good example where BABIP is not necessarily a measurement of luck or a regression to the mean, but it's, it's a showcase of how well they are at placing the ball where they want it to go. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be a showcase for that, but it also could be a showcase for someone like Ben Revere. Who, who was a, a pretty terrible hitter but could run a, a million miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, look, that, that your BABIP is going to be affected by that. I mean, someone like Jacob Stallings is going to be a lot 
lower down the line, he's not going to have as good of luck. All right. Alex, any final thoughts? We should make a Spotify playlist of all the terrible songs I have sung on this show. I prefer to just delete them out of my brain as soon as I hit the end record button, but that's, that's one option we could do. Chickadee China, the Chinese. How, how's Cincinnati this time? A lot better than last time? Yeah, I'm allowed in the ballpark. That's, that's nice. There's no pandemic. Well, there's a pandemic, but there was an active shooter on this road trip. That's about it. That was wild, man. That was a, you know, you you text around like, Hey, you coming to the ballpark? It's like, whatever, (laughs) whatever. It's safe. I'm not dying for this. Yeah. Alex, you got a taste of what it's like to be a news reporter for about three hours. I hated it. Yep. (laughs) I hated it. I could not have done your job. There was a very obvious reason why i do not cover news yeah like actual news you do not want me to go to capitol hill and talk about you know what's going on in the 2020 election yeah alex who's winning in the polls i don't know can we talk about ex woba <laughs> no all right so be sure to follow us on our social media channel or pages be sure to hit that subscribe all button to our channel we're working hard to get these numbers up they continue to rise every week and we and they do that because of your great support and uh, we're going to keep bringing you the content you want to hear. If you have any other ideas for topics or segments or whatever you want us to talk about and discuss as this season comes to a close, let us know. We will talk to you again tomorrow.